0: or Gaming Fighter Podcast. Simply shuffle up the cards, ask a question, and let the content roll. Get yours today at poddex.com. Once again, that is poddex.com. And make sure to use the promo code TALKPOP, that's T-A-L-K-P-O-P, for 10% off your order. This episode is powered by
1: Poddex. What's up,
0: everybody, happy Tuesday! It's time once again for talking pop, it's the podcast on all things pop culture. I'm your host, Stefan Chies. Of course, joining me a little bit will be the one and old Biko, he's pretty much getting himself set up. Um, you know, happy Tuesday, guys. We're like midway through May, June is coming upon us, and like so much dust been happening, of course, you know, bringing up on the world basically, everything's slowly but surely. Starting to open up again, of course. If you don't remember, the CDC did mention that now fully vaccinated people can now go outdoors as long as they keep these full distance we're not having to wear a mask. But if they're gonna be around big crowds or people that are not vaccinated, they have to wear masks. So the limitations are starting to lift to like more stuff, like capacity wise, when it comes to like sporting events, like stadiums and stuff, it's starting to see an increase. But as long as the stadiums have like a designated, like, you know, vaccinated people seating at least, I guess. So if you have the the CDC card, make sure you show it when you go to public places. But you still have to wear a mask because that's up to the state's digression. Even though see CDC's ahead, yeah. because it, I guess based on reports, people that are fully vaccinated were showing signs that they're, they're not able to get it, get corona. Even with they're around people that don't have it, basically. Mm-hmm. They're less likely, I guess. Like, with me, I got vaccinated, people. I got my first dose. I want to sit down the air. I got the vaccination because I work in an industry where basically it's what else essential industries that have been working on since the pandemic started. <gasps> and, of course, my employer was offering it. So, hey, take advantage, right? Um, I got the first dose. I'm thinking about a couple of weeks. I got the second dose. I got the Pfizer, which I know, like, the only thing I got was a lot of people say the first one could be a little rough. But with me, the only thing I had was just, like, soreness on my arm. Mm-hmm. That's all it was. I mean... I didn't have a fever, nothing like that. I was like, okay. And then, like I said, I got the next one coming up. But like I said, people, I encourage you guys, if, like especially those that work like in the frontline industry, like grocery stores, you know, mom pop shops, just like warehouses. Like I do encourage you if you want to be on your family members and stuff, I definitely encourage you guys to get vaccinated. Just make sure you read up on it. Do the research before you do it. Like I said, do the research. Talk to people that's already been vaccinated. Just to give you a idea, you know, what you're going to expect. I mean, whoever you do it with, usually like, get a consent form and they'll, like, pretty much, you know, give you, like, the information right there. What it, what the side effects are and stuff. So, like I said, I encourage it because, yeah, you know, it. I mean, yeah, I got used to wearing a mask. And, of course, I can't leave without a mask. But it'd be nice to finally get back to normal. Mm-hmm. I know it's going to take time. I know you got those anti-mask wearers, like anti-vax wearers. But, honestly, guys... I encourage it, I mean, come on We had chicken pox, you had You had to get the chicken pox vaccine, you had to get the measles vaccine When you were kids, the flu vaccines You usually offer every year You know, flu shots and all that, you know, mumps and all that stuff If you get it to your kids I mean, come on
1: mm.
0: But like I said, everyone has their choice But I encourage it, you know I mean, it doesn't hurt But like I said, it's like 10-15 minutes of your time And like I said Just take your time, you know and like I said, like I read, like now with like sporting events are upping the capacity to like sixty percent now in some states. I know Chicago right now they're upping it up to sixty percent right now. To the point like now they're gonna start selling tickets. I know for NFL they're trying to sell tickets soon. They're going to start selling like season tickets now. I think of baseball right now they're doing like you know first come first serve right now like lotteries to get tickets. But now with the increased capacity, it kind of opens up more room. But like I said, each event's gonna have like special sections just for people that are fully vaccinated. And like I said. And soon later, I think I saw their day, commercials with hotels are starting open, opening up again as well. So I saw, like, they're advertising hotels and stuff. And then, of course, you know, the big concerns like, you know, the Olympics and stuff as well. <laughs> That's another thing, too, because we don't know what's going to happen with that. Because even though the you are still going to go on, even though Japan is still in the state emergency, the games are still going on a schedule. There hasn't been no change yet at all yet. Because, like I said, the only way to keep the Olympics going is... The only people that are going to be allowed to go are just the athletes and their close families. That's it. And the personnel, like the coaching staff and stuff. That's it. Like all outside, you know, leadership. It's all going to be limited to the locals and performers that currently live in Japan. That's pretty much it. But like I said, with me in the Olympics, the only thing I'm looking for to the Olympics is just soccer. And possibly the skateboarding. So, you know, skateboarding is the first time it's going to be an Olympic event. Mm. And of course, basketball. Occasionally, I watch it casually. I'm not... Into basketball as much. I know Bico, you're more into basketball than I am. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, okay. Like I know, we kind of off topic here. Honestly, like I don't know this weekend has been weird because there's been a lot of new stuff going on, especially in the media right now with all these like mar- um, networks or you know companies merging, these media companies merging and stuff. I don't know if you remember, like months a year back, att has been slowly but surely selling off entertainment assets. Because you know when they got when they purchased um Time Warner and Directv they incurred about over 160 billion dollars in debt and they slowly but sort of started selling off certain things. One of the things they decided to sell off was Crunchyroll and they decided to sell it to Funimation. Yes, Funimation and Crunchyroll made a greener purchase, but currently now that's still that case is still on hold because the Department of Justice are still reviewing it to make sure it's not like a monopolized version of anime in the market. I mean, think you're not looking just in the Western market, but I think they're looking in the Japanese market to see if when Funimation if buys Crunchyroll, they're going to have a bigger monopoly over, you know, anime companies and stuff, studio-wise. Because like, Sony Pictures, like, it owns, like, A1 Pictures, they own Endiplex. Then you got, then go game Crunchyroll, Knowing yeah, you get access to other properties or licenses. Um, because then you have companies like Sentai Filmworks, who are, you know they're an American gum licensor that works based out of Houston. You got foundations you see based off of California and also based off of uh, in, in Texas as well. But it's like you got Sony getting a bigger market in the AMI industry. So that's what's going on. Like I said, at t is slowly trying to move away from, you know, media company, because like I said, when they took, when it jumped the gum buying you know, Taiwan, only Time Warner but DC it was like, okay, at is going to go into like the media business now. But now this weekend, I read that supposedly AT&T agreed to, uh, Pretty much merch. Mm-hmm. Pretty much sell Time Warner to Discovery. And that that's going to pay off a huge amount of their debt. In which, let me pull it up here. Because let me see how much their amount was. Let's see. Time Warner. Warner Media. Because it was announced like this weekend. And I'm like, really? It's like, Okay. Like AT did not waste time, you know. They were because, like I said, they incurred a lot of debt. And here we go. Let's see here. News, here we go. Here, CNBC. Here we go. AT and T now. This one, uh, CNBC. Uh, pretty much, it says AT and T announces forty-three billion dollar deal to merge Warner Media with Discovery. It says here, under agreement, AT&T said would we'll receive an aggregate amount of $43 billion in combination of cash, debt, and Water Media's retention of certain debt. Discovery Showholders will own about 29% of the new company, so they're, they're going to be owner a company. It says here, according to an article, was like yesterday, Techcom Giant, because at, over the weekend, was like rumors and stuff going on about it. It says here, Telecom Giant 18 announced Monday a deal to combine its content unit, WarnerMedia Media, with Discovery, paving the way for one of the Highwood's biggest studios to compete with media giants, Netflix and Disney. Under agreement, at t will unwind its $85 billion acquisition of Time Warner, which closed just under three years ago, and form a new company with Discovery. The deal will create a new business separate from AT&T that can be valid as much as $150 billion, including debt, according to the Financial Times. According to this article, AT&T said it would receive an aggregate amount of $43 billion in the combination of cash, debt, and WarnerMedia's retention of certain debt. AT&T shareholders will receive stock representing about 71% of the new company, while Discovery, shareholders will owe about 29% in added. If approved by regulators, so the deal effectively reverses at year-long plan to combine content and distribution in a vertically integrated company. The company said the deal is expected to close in the middle of 2022. So, yeah. So, pretty much, you know, all the properties that at owns, which is like CNN, HBO, Warner Brothers, um... Basically, Warner Media uh, will have, you know, they'll combine with Discovery's channels, which includes like a- Animal Planet, TLC, and Discovery Channel. Um, it kind of creates like, I don't say it's not much of an entertainment monopoly, but I understand like ATT, I mean, come on, they were a telecommunications company. And believe me, it was something like this, like when they decided to uh, much follow through what Comcast did when Comcast bought, you know, NBC Universal. Mm hmm. I think he tries to solve it because it was like there was co- their competitor. They want to say, oh, we got the investors, we get the money. Let's try to be pay- buy Time Warner. Of course, Time Warner was doing bad financially wise, and they're willing to sell their assets. So, as we came, Water Media. But at the same time, it's like okay, you get all this debt, but now it's like you're trying to stay. And of course, with DC, what's going on with DC? And so far, I said I seen so far nothing has been mentioned about DC itself. Because, you know, DC Comics. You know. Because so I know ever since, you know, HVX were released, like the DC Universe app has slowly been, slowly but surely been fading away. Mm-hmm. As they're probably trying to use DC Universe as more of a digital comics app more. While well, a lot of the content has been shifting over to HBO Max. Like that's what AT&T's been, well, at trying to push more to HBO Max streaming service. But now with Discovery Plus releasing, Discovery having their own streaming thing, combine those, we'll probably see a big win. I would say it's like a big win for both companies. Just to compete with Disney and Netflix because that's like the big competitors right now. But I don't know, Bika. What, what do you think about this whole merger thing?
1: I mean, it's just more of what you would think. These platforms have to do to remain competitive, um, especially with. I mean, Discover. I guess you can say is is. I mean, they wanted to have, or they wanted to set aside their themselves as being a brand that not only has its own stream service within itself, but also somewhere where I, it could potentially be somewhat of a powerful platform to bring, um, cause they do have pri- properties that are viable and it does get, I mean, I want to say there's, uh, there's a handful of people I'm sure you can come across within your own daily life to at least watch or consume some show that has came, th- has gone through the discovery, the discovery channel or uh, within their hands so like just because we we see these these properties getting chugged out through all these other um i want to say more popular platforms doesn't mean that um tv is going to die away so at least we um these companies Mm -hmm. that need to find this is how they're going to find foothold um by having to i want to say maneuver the best options for them by playing with the, I want to say, the competitive giants that they were going against um, throughout the last 20 years in the digital age, um, and then how popular streaming has become because of that. So I think them taking advantage of this uh, merger, I think, is a good move on, on, on Discover's part. Uh, we see National Geographic being, you know, under a Disney's umbrella, and I think that's a move that most of those things have to be made that they have to be made. I mean, um, a lot of these companies, it's, they're not going to shy away from it as we move on to, I think it's, this is a, a significant age, um, of the internet in a sense of, um, and other people have talked about this and, and where some refer to the internet, at least with, uh, with, um, in regards to how we consume entertainment, um, and, and how the big players have to play right now is that they need to, I guess, keep the old traditional way of how they feel the consumer market um, takes on their media or mm-hmm. forms of entertainment and kind of throwing all their resources onto streaming. So those old, I want to say, old business models that they were running on such as your grandpa and grandma fucking only consuming stuff through networks. So, like, yeah, those are recognizable to, I want to say, our generation, depending on how they were raised, and then a good portion of the baby boomers, a, a good portion of gen, um, well, I guess it'd be X, uh, and, and and so on. So And then the, the earlier half of millennials, I want to say the analog to digital transition. So, like... This is a good move for them, and I think it's just uh, maybe it could be the executive seeing that where digital streaming is going and how, instead of going against it or trying to hold on to your your least common factor, it's like playing that claw game, and you're only you can use, you can go for that easy, that easy little um, I want to say that little that little squishy doll. That's right by the Dropbox, mm. easy grab. Or you go for that big Kirby doll that's in the corner that you have a good, you feel like you can grab it, but it's a little riskier. Yeah, but it's you know the high risk, high reward. But in this case, you're you're having more risk p- hanging on to your your least common market, and that is the I want to say what fifty to 70, 80 year old range of people consuming media through your traditional cable set up satellite setup um they won't go away i think they just no i think with, to the satellite's
0: never go away because like not many countries have that luxury of digital it's yeah like, and satellite's still viable I
1: it's a lot Our
0: folks have, have like satellite it's like For the i most mean part, it, serves purpose. it serves purpose like with us okay we got digital so we have that convenience but yeah satellite does help in some ways because it's what happens if the internet goes down at least you got satellite yeah. as a backup so I mean, it's not like means satellite service aren't going away. Direct TV will be around, even though AT&T is selling it off, and they're just focusing more on, on Uvers brand. So I mean, it's not even around. like this. is still going strong as well. Comcast is going strong as well when it comes to cable and fiber networking as well. But I think with the AT&T, this move kind of benefits them because, like I said, you know, AT&T thought you know this was going to be easy. You know, okay, we're going to buy a media company such as Time Water, rebrand as WarnerMedia, now we got all these things on our belt. We got Cartoon Network, we got CNN. But at the same time, you get you pretty much got your executives who probably never were part, never worked in the entertainment industry. were only worked in telecommunications. It's kind of hard, but like I said, in the financial standpoint, you know they had to lay people off when it comes to these mergers. What happens to these mergers? They have to let people go. They have to keep what ones there and know what they're doing. That's always the downside to when it comes to company and mergers is because personnel gets shipped around. Um, you should try to keep it as much as the veterans or force the ones that have been there for so many years to retire or do something else. And that's another thing, too. But at the same time, like you said, because it is a good move from the standpoint of AT&T. And also for Discovery Networks because, you know... Um, they have a bigger audience with, though, with, with the, sometimes just, their shows are unscripted. And of course, you, the, you know, they, they're interesting channels like Shark Week. Come on, it's like one of their biggest, like, you know, oh, yeah. events that happens in the summer. That's so what everyone looks forward to. You got things like that. And of course, you got TLC with, you know, Nine Day Fiancé getting traction. Yeah, see, so yeah. And those. then you got, you know, My Four, like, My 500 Pound Life because I heard about. That was a good show. And, and, they, Oh, and yeah,
1: TLC yeah. has, like, they like Animal Plan,
0: it. like, it's a good, Animal Plan a good teaching tool for people that. No animals that want to get into veterinarian studies. And yeah, and then, like I said, when they start, when they have a discovery plus, it's like, and then you get Travel Channel on there as well because they own Travel Channel as well. Um, I love Travel Travel Channel growing up as well So you, because it gives you an idea because now we have the convenience of, you know, going in on the internet and on YouTube and then, you know, checking out vloggers who live in other countries. If you just take a peek on. Pedro before that, no, it was for me, it was just Travel Channel because that was my opening to other countries, other cultures. So, like, Bizarre Foods, man, with Andrew Zimmer, one of my yeah. favorite shows. I love that show Anthony Bourdain when he used to be on there, you know, and then he went to CNN. You know, it's... His show as well, Ghost Adventures, number one too. If you into like paranormal, so I mean, they have quality program. But now having I think kind of helps into what having Warner Me belt because now you got all these properties. The case of point, the future is right now is is, is Discovery Plus is going to merge with one uh, with uh, HBO Max. It has not been set yet. Maybe we'll start seeing little by little content of it onto HBO Max or. You know, just to stretch as much as more of a, like, U.S. standpoint. Because right now, it looks like it's more, this is, like, this merger is pretty much more domestically now. Has to wait to see what's going to happen when it gets expanded into international markets as well. So you no know, Disney what they did right now. I just read they closed down the Fox channel service, streaming service in the U.K. Try to push the um, Star, which is, like, their international version of Disney+. Plus. It's called Star. It's just called Simply Star. And of course Hulu they're trying to expand Hulu, which is canned to other countries as well. It's slowly being added because now with the content from like FX and all that stuff on there as well. And like I said, and like I said, it's like I said, it's just ATC trying to pay off as much as that they acquired when they bought Taiwan or three years ago. Like I said, same thing with the anime world right now. It's just the whole people waiting. Like I go on Reddit and all of a sudden I hear when is the True Roll Funimation deal gonna be finalized? It's like it's because they have to wait until the Department of Justice had to review to make sure there's no monopolization. They have to look at all the factors to make sure that the market itself in Japan is not going to be monopolized by one single entity. Because, like I said, you have other companies in Japan as well. Mm-hmm. Because Sony Pictures, this is Sony Pictures Japan that owns Funimation. They own nine percent share. And getting Crunchyroll, that's like a big purchase.
1: Because okay. I
0: think that's why AT&T decided to give you know, Funimation the. First pick because you know that based on the past relationship that Funimation Crunchyroll had before at bottom, t bought them, um, became the majority owner of it. When they had like the distribution deal and streaming content deal, where you know back then like a few years ago, Funimation Crunchyroll had this partnership where you know a lot of Funimation's animes will be available to stream on Crunchyroll sub, while Crunchyroll produced anime was allowed to be on Funimation dub, and they both helped each other when it comes to distribution. And now when the deal ended when Sony bought Funimation, that basically, that whole deal just pretty much expired and pretty much a lot of stuff went back to the original content. That's why if you go on Crunchyroll now, like I am, you can see some of the dubs that Funimation did for them because technically, even though Funimation did the dubs, Crunchyroll still owns, like, they still had the license to produce that anime. And now, I'm like, let I me mean, see now the trend with Crunchyroll right now is... They're still going up as usual right now because, like I said, they got the Expo coming up soon, so they got a lot of guests lined up, and they're just waiting too. They're waiting just like everybody else. When this deal is going to come through? When is this going to happen? Because it's like now you have to get like if it's if it's going to get absorbed to Funimation now, and like Funimation is slowly but surely adding services in Mexico and Latin America and Canada now, and they're offering like international dubbing now. So it's like it's starting to get more and more traction, and it kind of gets to my point where. You know, we're stuck on this media thing. But I just read a report that, um, there's a report that was put out, is actually done by Bloomberg. Mm-hmm. Um, it shows that it showed there was a big rise in projects and in media projects from like other countries, um, basically due to the pandemic, and they saw, like, pretty much they show that North America, this is what we were said, We were doing new percentage that shows that North America's most in media projects from Japan animated otherwise to enter a foreign country to media consumers in the West, with Japan netting over a 30% chance of interest in the world of international media. Because you gotta think, pandemic, people were at home, but it's got three more. Anime. Anime. And, it, and then it got to the point where now you see now more... More anime like films and sort of starting to see more light here in the West. Like, you know, Demon Slayer Mutant Chain became one of the top films in its first three weeks being shown on a limited basis. To a point they, they expanded more screens and it's still it's still held a number four spot here in the West. So it's like it shows how you know anime you know is slowly rising in the West because it's showing more people more interested in it. Talk about 30%. Of it. 35.5% for Japanese media. your um, York shows. 8.6% Hindi. 11% Korean. 12% Spanish. And then 29% is other. But seeing like Japan getting the biggest. You know. you know, Foothold. It shows how much times have changed. Because I remember growing up. And like anime wasn't that. You know accepted here. And you know it was. Hard you know to like anime. Without getting ridiculed picked on. And because it was something different. But, of course, in our generation, we got exposed to the four kids version of anime. Which kind of blew me off. Because four kids version of anime. I know I talked about four kids in the past. But, yeah. Four kids, to me, like, I have to say, they, you know, it's awesome they brought anime here. But kind of ruined it for me, too. Because they over-Americanized it. Without paying respect to the creators. But, at first, they kept saying, oh, it was four kids. But I found out later it was just the network I was telling them. Because look at the times they were showing. They were showing on Saturday mornings. Best. Which, you know, in Japan, they show it in primetime. Because based on the content, they show it on primetime. They are smart about it. Here, they try to push the Saturday morning market. Because, I mean, at the time when the anime started getting big here in the West, it's like when Saturday morning cartoons, like American cartoons, were slowly starting to be phased out as more, being, getting more educational programming. And there just people growing up as well. But... Yeah, like I said, with HBO Max, that's one thing they have to think about because you know once that merger goes through, they have to take away the Crunchyroll stuff from HBO Max mm-hmm. because now with, before when that deal got finalized and now Funimation gets Crunchyroll, now it's like that that like now HBO Max has to find something to fill that void. Yeah, I think that's why by having Discovery in there now, they have a good selection of Discovery shows and programming they have available on HBO Max as well. So. Like I said, we'll see how this deal goes. Like I said, this deal is probably not going to close to 2022, but like I said, it's still going to go through the proper channels. And they said in the next few weeks, they're going to announce what the new, you know, media club is going to be called. Mm-hmm. So I just put it out there because like I said, I follow comicbook.com on social media, and they kept showing like breaking news, you know. At first in the weekend, they were in talks, but now it's, it looks like i Monday yesterday. They just finalized the deal. Um, that's why I wanted to bring that one up. It's because, you know, we talked about the Disney and Fox merger and I kind of figure this is kind of relevant as well, especially in the entertainment industry as well, as a whole, because I have to wait and see what the future lies with, like, DC as well. It's DC part of the deal as well. Yeah. because they, Like I said, based on article, they didn't mention anything in DC. It was more like the media media assets right now. It's just like the time Media, you know, pictures, Warner Bros. pictures, and, you know, CNN, HBO... There's no mentioning of DC, so we have to wait and see what's going to happen with DC. I know it looks like DCs are just doing business as normal, so we have to wait and see what happens with that. And then no, one thing I did see that was breaking today, there um, we go. Um, Charles Grodin. I don't know if you remember him. He's an actor, author, talk show host. Um, he passed away today at the age of 86 years old. Um, this is an article by CBR, comicresources.com, and it says this article that diversely talented Charles Groen, who had a success as an actor, writer, as a talk show guest, and host as past age of 86. Groen got started in the New York City theater world of the 1960s, where he was a student of the legendary acting teachers Lee Strasberg and Uda Hayen. Groen started working behind the scenes, as well and writing and directing shows, while making appearances at Broadway shows and small roles in films like The Obstetrician in the 1968s. Rosemary's Baby, he directed a Simon and Garmulke TV special 969. After supporting a role in our in 1970s Catch-22, Groen's Big Break was the lead in a Neil Simon and Lane May film The Heartbreak Kid, where he plays a New York man who becomes infatuated with a gorgeous Midwestern college student while on the honeymoon. He worked regularly in supporting roles throughout the 70s, like 1976's King Kong and 1978's Heaven Can Wait.
1: Hmm.
0: Gronin continued to work behind the scenes as well. I'm reading from the article, guys, as well, winning an Emmy for writing for the 1997 Paul Simon TV special. That same year, he hosted Saturday Night Live and performed the whole show as if he didn't know it was live. Fans late night television act the off putting approach from Gronin was very familiar, as he was already known for his work as a recurring guest on a Tonight Show. which stood out by arguing with Johnny Carson. Gronin used the same approach as a guest on Late Night with Dave Letterman. Grodin's antagonist character lasted on Tonight Show right up to Carson's retirement in 1990s. During the 1980s, Grodin had a number of movie hits, including playing a jewel thief in the number of movie Miss Piggy in The Great Muppet P- Caper. And I mob accountant on the run in 1998's buddy comedy Midnight Run, Robert De Niro, as the buy hunter trying to bring him back on the light. His biggest role came in the 1990s was as the aggravated father in the Beethoven movies. Although he also had an acclaimed turn as a supporting character in 1993's Dave, where he again plays an accountant, this time trying to help Kevin Kline's Dave, who is the person the president of the United States, balance the budget. Gordon Griffey retired from acting and took success as a talk show guest to become a talk show host himself, hosting the Charles Gordon show on the CNBC from 1995 to 1998. He was a commentator on 60 Minutes 2 as well. During this period, he wrote a number of autobiographical books as well. In the last decade, Gordon returned to acting, playing a recurring role as a doctor on Louis C.K.'s Louis and as Bernie Madoff in the ABC miniseries about the Ponzi scheme operator. His article was written by Brian Cronin. Yeah, I do kind of remember. I don't really remember the
1: Beethoven movies. Yeah. He was, the, he was the dad. He was the dad of Beethoven. So he passed away. Yeah. Because I was going to say, the name sounds familiar. Um, but no, yeah, what a bummer. He was I mean, he was pretty
0: young. I guess you could say. Yeah, because I remember him, too, from The Great Muppet Caper. He was the, the jewel thief. That pretty much kept the room with his piggy and stuff. And yeah, I didn't recognize him later when we saw the bait to him. I'm like, hey, I've seen that guy before. Yeah. Like, he's really familiar. So, wow. So, condolences to his family. You know, apparently they said that he died. Like, I think the, his son mentioned that he had, like, bone cancer. Mm. So, yeah. All, all condolences, you know, to the actor and his family. You know, sucks. Yeah,
1: um, what's her name? Passed away, too. Um, from all the videos. From the Wasteland videos, so. Uh she was a, the woman in the white snake videos. The woman in the White snake in the videos. music videos, yeah, for like um I uh, can't remember her name. Um, but she passed away a couple days ago too. Oh it was wow. over the weekend she passed away. Um, can't remember her name. She's in the white snake videos. What's <laughs> that one song again they'd sing? Oh. Here we go again. Here we go again. I think it's yeah, that's the one yeah. She's in that video.
0: Oh, that's the one that was dancing on the car? Yeah. No her. way.
1: Yeah, she, she passed away over the weekend. Oh, wow. Um. Wow, that's nuts. I remember they announced that, like, I'll listen to the radio and they announced it. Uh, let me like, see if I can find her name. Hold on. Because they put, like, two White Snake songs, like, back-to-back, and um, I mentioned it. Let me look it up. let see. I can't remember her name.
0: Oh, here we go. I found her. What's her name? Oh, here it is. Uh, her name was Tawny... Tawny Katane? Tawny Katane,
1: yeah. There you go. Let me yeah. pull up
0: her. That way. Let's pay homage to her as well. Um, It's from her Wikipedia profile. Mm. Oh, wow, May 7th. So that was a while back. Yeah, it was a few days ago. Okay, Julie Ellen Tawny Katain was an American actress, model, and media personnel. She began her career as a television actress, appearing in television films Malibu in 1983 and California Girls in 1985. She also starred in the comedies The Pearls of Gwendolyn and the Land of Yukiak and Bachelor Party, both in 1984, and the horror film Witchboard. She garnered widespread recognition for appearances in number of heavy metal videos, including Rats Back for More in 1984 and White Sleeves, yeah. Still of the Night, and Here I Go Again, both in 1987. In 2000, she transitioned to appearing on reality TV series, including Surreal Life and Celebrity Rehab with Dr. Drew, the latter which, documented, contains issues with substance abuse. Oh. Okay. okay. so this year, she began her acting career in 1983 with a minor role in the television movie, Malibu. In 1984, she stars the title character, the erotic adventure movie *The proves Gwendolyn and Lana also called Gwendolyn. Her other film appearances include Bachelor Party as a bride-to-be of Tom Hanks' character and a star and roles in the modern box office hit *Which Board, White Hot, and Dead Tribes. Katana appeared in some of his videos, 1980s for Whitesnake, including the hits Here I Go Again, Still the Night, This Is Love, and the Deeper to Love. She also appeared in Rats Back from a music video. Katana appeared on Seinfeld as Jerry's Girlfriend 1901 1991 episode of Nose Job. She appeared in 19 episodes of the TV series The New WKRP in Cincinnati from 1991 to 1993 as a nighttime DJ named Mona Loveland, who else had a show called Mona Till Midnight. She also had recurring parts in Hercules, Legendary Journeys, and co hosted America's Funniest People from 1992 to 1994. Um, like I said, she she joined the cast of the 6th edition of VH1 reality television show The Surreal. Life, began airing in May, March 2006. Katina also appeared in the 2nd season of VH1 reality TV show Survey Rehab, Dr. Drew, which began in 2008. According to her personal life dated rock guitarist Robin Crosby. During and after high school, they moved into their teenagers when Crosby was in the band Phenomenon. Necessaire. She died on May seventh. She died in her Newport Beach home at the age of fifty nine. Her death was reported to the New York Times, but her daughter went to Finley, who told the paper that the cause of death was not immediately known. It looks like she did struggle a little bit with you know alcohol addiction and stuff, but looks so she went and got herself up at least so to take care of herself, but. It sucks, man. It's like more and more people that you grew up with are slowly starting to fade away a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean we're gonna see a lot of uh, a lot of the people that we lack for better word we uh, grew up with. They're already getting up there in age. Um, I mean, even within the last year, even going into this year, I'm sure like leading into summer, we're gonna see more people kind of uh, kick the bucket. Uh, who maybe, like, if they were impacted by COVID, like, that could be... That could definitely be a factor that speeds up whether or not they're going to live to see oh, another day, you know? Uh, especially if they're of a older age and they get it or they've been around other people who've gotten it. So it's, like, it's kind of how, like, it's interesting. We're going to see an interesting shift in society when it comes to um, the CDC's announcement of, of having vaccinated people being, like... I guess you could say the um, uh, the bears of having of being able to to be around public spaces without having a mask. Like it's you're good. I mean, you don't have to have one, but it's still very much we're gonna play that test.
0: Yeah, because like I said, even though yeah you go outside, you still gotta maintain six feet distance. But it's like you still have to wear a mask when you're in crowds. Because like I said, you're not gonna know who did it, who not, because that's the problem. Like, yeah, we have the card, but that only helps you, helps you so far to a it. I know a lot of states kind of like where it gets the whole vaccine passport thing, which to me is like, yeah, I think it's nice to have it when you're especially going to travel, you know, mm-hmm. just to be on a safe side. But, yeah, it's like, yeah, like when I said earlier, beginning the pocket, is like, yeah, it's, you know, earlier when I said, you know, yeah, CDC approved it, but it's like the same time, it's up to the states and how they want to carry us. Because you still have to wear a mask when you go to the store. I mean, yep. each store owner still has a carry to your discretion. The only difference is, yeah, if you're not around that many people, yeah, you can have it off. But if you're still going to be in a confined space and stuff, you still have to wear it. Because I know my employer said right now when they made that announcement, like even though they made an announcement, we're still going to enforce the mask wearing policy just to be on the safe side because not many of the employees you know, are vaccinated yet. That's why my employer decided, you know, let's have a vaccination and a collaboration, and you know, that's where they had the first dosage. I still got to go in for a second dose. So, and I've very, seen a, I've seen a few of my colleagues, you know, getting the vaccine. So at least you know I'm not the only one, you know. But at the same time, it's like yeah, it Says ahead. But at the same time, he like, said you never know. And then you get stories of people reacting, depending on what kind of reaction you get. Like everybody reacts differently. It Depends on your body type. It depends how your body reacts to a vaccine. It just depends how your body deals with it, but like I said, it's gonna take time. It's slow. We're slowly starting to build because I know I've been following like wrestling promotions right now, and like AEW said that supposedly they're gonna to start touring possibly like mid July, but so far they're only limited to what states they can go to. I think right now they're gonna have a few shows in Texas right now. Oh, okay. And then like WWE's been in talks right now possibly in July. Start having either people in the audience or start traveling soon. So you might have seen somewhat of a shift because they did say they're going to have SummerSlam. There's a possibility they might be looking at an arena, possibly outdoors. They don't know yet. And like I said, they they did a great job with um, WrestleMania this year. You know, having it two nights. I read that nobody got sick. Nobody would have had COVID between those two shows, two nights when they had people there. They were wearing masks. They were following, you know, CDC protocols and stuff. There's nothing bad or negative about it because I think that's almost like a test run for Dundee and like, like I said, when that went AEW, you know. I think double up is supposed to be the first like full capacity show they're gonna have. Because what now they're using like the amphitheater, the Daily Place amphitheater that's situated uh, with the stadium in Jacksonville, because like I said Jacksonville Jaguars or Tony Khan, who's part owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, he he's the mind he's the owner of AEW. And Daily's place is a... It's a good size auditorium, so it's an outdoor auditorium, an amphitheater, so it kind of helps out. But they said that they can't wait. This it could be the first time they're going to do a full, you know, full-capacity show. And then I saw, like, MLS right now, like, it's funny how MLS is getting more and talked about today, so I'm soccer. I'm like, holy shoot. Because honestly, to me, soccer is, to me, that's the one thing that kind of kept me going in the pandemic was soccer. Football, to everybody else. Um, and... They slowly, I saw, they're slowly starting to have fans in those stands again, especially in Mexico right now. It's like they're starting to have fans in there now. And right now, in those now MLS, is getting more and more traction now. Mm. Especially now with, you know, Austin FC this year, the new pro team in Austin, Texas, then Cincinnati opened up their new stadium as well. And you see they're expanding more and more, bringing these stars from the international markets. Like Chicharito, man, he's doing great in LA Galaxy right now. Then you got, you know... Inter-Miami, David team. he's got, like, the Wayne brothers, they're buying him up for this as well. And I'm seeing more and more soccer fans more growing in the U.S. Now, I mean, don't get me wrong, you still got baseball. Baseball's going carrying on as usual. I think there has not been many cases so far. Like, Major League Baseball, NBA, too. I don't know if there has been many cases in NBA as well. So of what?
1: Like, COVID cases. Um, I didn't see as many. Like I know they that... do. They announce what they do is they'll just protocol people. So mm-hmm. it just it just depends. Um, on what you what you what it depends. Like what they do, they'll have cases pop up where they'll have to do the safety protocols with players. Um, but like none to where they like.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
1: not like crazy. But there are cases that pop up that they they do end up sitting players out. Um, one of our stars on the Bulls had to sit out for two eleven games. Because of it, so it's just like, and since they played more games this year, well, they lowered games, but they played They played like last night. They
0: had very little break between games, basically. Yeah,
1: because of it, because of a shortened season. So it's just they pop up. It's just they don't. They don't it don't. I think they only. It becomes more of a mainstream top page thing, where like stars of certain teams get mm-hmm. um, having to put under. The safety protocol list, uh, which sucks, because obviously teams get affected, and and sometimes there are some fans even calling for whether or not they were, um, the NBA were doing it on purpose for certain occasions where they would sit, sit certain stars, saying like, oh, they have, you know, they were report, they had a positive test for this and this, and they're showing, you know, they have to do the protocols, they have to sit out this game, in quarantine or whatever. So like some you know some fans are questioning their integrity of the NBA too of whether or not they were doing that on purpose, um, so it 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 like we're gonna continue to see COVID kind of being, I mean more of a nuisance uh, to our would you even call it our mainstream entertainment institutions at this point until like everybody gets fully vaccinated and yeah. it slowly
0: becomes more on the
1: back burner. Yeah, I mean, we see stadiums getting full up again. So, like, I think it's just going to go continue to well, to normalize um, that that uh, feeling of what people liked before we went into this um, quarantine business was that, I guess, to that, what, what past society was. So that's what going to games, like, we're going to, I feel like that's just going to receive such a big boom. Um I mean, unfortunately, theaters aren't aren't going to be able to keep up with that. But, like, I think outdoor activities, so, like, festivals, music venue concerts, uh, uh, sports games outside, like, baseball, football, um, all that stuff is going to get such a... I think it's just going to get a boom um, because, yeah, a good percentage of people who do have more of the money in this country are obviously in the higher age range, and they don't spend their money on that anyways. Like, a minority of people who are in their, like, 40s to 60s, 70s spend their money on, like, festivals. More, I I see middle-aged people more or less going to a sports event than they do to, like, a a music festival. Now, a concert? Yeah, sure. Like, if they're gonna go see, like, fucking... uh, so like the dead, co, dead and Co Dead or some shit like that. Like those are very niche things mm-hmm. to an older person, but the younger demographic, even if they're struggling right now, they'll still save their pennies for a festival. And we're seeing that now um, as musical artists announce their tours and stuff. Like the Riot Fest lineup came out for Chicago and it looks fucking amazing, um, and that's in September. So like we're starting to see little glimpses. Of yeah, but like I said,
0: they're, they're starting. Yeah, it's starting to open up. But like I mm-hmm. said. It, it, it's all up to the people themselves as well as they're bringing more than they vaccine. vaccine. That's why you see a lot of media companies, a lot of companies urging people, please, vaccines so we can get back to normal. Like Chicago has a campaign where all the sports team rise up Chicago, you know, get vaccinated. Because if you see a big increase in vaccinations, it gives you that more hope and more probably now you're able to have outdoor events. Now restaurants could be able to open up more you know movie theaters now hosts more and stuff it's like it, right now it's more up to the people than the companies themselves. it's more up to them it's more of your conscious decision to say hey if everyone is doing it why not you know that's why we have the internet that's why we have the research don't try to go with the naysayers look at the research first and see what you think and so far the only ones that have been showing more now is the Pfizer one mm-hmm. that shows a much higher like I heard that one has a higher more higher result wise versus Moderna and, you know, I haven't talked to anybody that has that took the Moderna vaccine. Most of the I know, even people that work I know so far, only got Pfizer. So I don't know who, anyone that is out there who listens has got Moderna. Please let us know see how you're feeling. I would like to know just to be curious, you know. And, of course, you know, all international listeners, like, hopefully you guys are doing great as well, you know. Especially right now, even to, you know, people in the Middle East, because that's been going on too in my head right now, is what's going on with Palestine and Israel. It's like, yeah, it's, um, that's another thing that's been like, on Reddit and stuff so far, over the weekend, and it's like, with me trying to, I'm going to keep it up on that, what's going on with there in Palestine and Israel, but I saw the, like, the Reddit stream of um, people in the UK doing the protests and stuff, it was kind of cool, seeing that even Orthodox Jews are supporting Palestine which was really interesting, and it's like, it's great. And the way that what Israel is doing to the nation of Palestine, is really awful, man. It's just taking people out of their homes and decided to bomb them. It's like I saw the video where people were, they were able to save this girl. This girl managed to so somehow this girl, this little girl survived a building collapse. Like, a building that got bombed mm-hmm. by an Israeli airstrike. It was like, come on. I know you guys have been fighting for years, but like, you guys can find some common ground, you know. It's because of all the conflict they had back then. That's what it was. It's what their ancestors started back then, it kind of transcended to now. It's like, I thought, you know, each generation we get better. But you still have like the old powers still running the government. That's what it is. They're stubborn. They don't want to, you know, move on. They don't want to evolve. In case of points, everybody else gets hurt. So, our love goes out to all the Palestinians who are pretty much, you know, getting the front forces of this action. I wish we could do something on our end. But, you know, we're behind you guys. Hopefully, you'll get the peace that you deserve. And hopefully, we'll find a truce or something in this conflict. Hopefully, you guys, you know, like I said, it it sucks, you know. With this day and age, especially with the pandemic, this is going on right now. You know, this is this is happening right now. It's like... Most well, so of them have been going through, the, like, the past year and stuff, and while reading up on this is like, come on. And it's like a movie. It's basically like a movie. We're living kind of like a film as well.
1: Yeah, a little bit. It's a, it's a little strange. Um, But, I, I don't know, like, even Biden, uh, our president, Joe Biden, called, for, like, for a ceasefire between all that stuff going on in Gaza, and they still... That's, I mean, that's not going to do anything. I. That's more, more or less political theater than anything for our country to just be, like, ceasefire. Because we, we also support Israel and, and give them a lot of that military equipment. So, like, it's, it's interesting to see our country also, like, and like so instead, of, instead of condemning it, they're just saying, like, oh, let's put this... Let's let's stop this this you know chaotic fighting. And something has been for centuries yeah. now, and and they don't like we we, What's we the help whole, Israel. Like, like so, it's it's kind of hypocritical that they're they're. And that's
0: funny how the United Nations do that. How about the United Nations? How come they're not stepping in on this? How come they're not saying it? if the United Nations is a big organization where we're ever supposed to agree on something, or
1: hmm.
0: it's kind of weird how the United Nations had they even said a statement on it at all or anything about this.
1: I don't think so. Just, no, I just see nothing. I'm on a, I'm on top of stuff right now, and I don't see anywhere where it says, like, they're even calling to question anything over there. I just, um, I, I don't understand why. And that's and, and that's the thing, like, what what I've noticed these past two years is that we're doing a cycle of what our typical stuff is, right? Like, so, mm-hmm. in consideration with this stuff going on, which the the stuff in Gaza has been happening for a few years now, and we've been funding Israel to do this, such things. So it's just kind of like, it. As far as the media paying attention to it now, is it because Biden's in office and they're not? Like for instance, like what Trump doing that stuff like this was happening. The the stuff with the Uyghurs in China and all that was ha- was happening, and we and, and I know there's so much that we can only throw so much attention to, but in this case, like I know it was wrong for the Rockets to shoot. But, like this stuff has been happening for years now, and now we're doing the media cycle of going to this. Um, the same thing with pulling our soldiers in Afghanistan since it's been like 20 years almost since 9/11, and then like so we're seeing this stuff over here, and so now we're we're trying to see an answer to we're not only in the UN on whether or not they're going to condemn all this, but also how U.S. relations with Israel could be... It's going to be tested right now because it's like you you so you fund them a lot when it comes to their military actions um, as far as resources that we kind of want to maintain theirs as far as land and all that. I mean, they're, they're you know... The, the Jewish people do have a right to lands there, and, and same thing with the Palestinians. So it's it's a it's a, it's a very difficult it's a very difficult um, situation that doesn't have. I don't think there's ever going to be a stalemate mm-hmm. because there's radical groups even within them. There's some that do want to see a peace between both. They want to see a possible two statehood between both. Um, Places they, There are groups of people who do want to see some sort of resolution being reached. But unfortunately, it's the radical organizations that kind of arise and, and take over. So this is particularly Hamas, which is a terrorist group in, Pal- in Palestine, kind of causing this stuff to kind of uproar. And then you have the Israeli uh, defense trying to, I guess, I don't know. It, 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 like I said, it's strange because you have two sides... Call it like they see it. And then you have the outside powers, the media, too, who have to regurgitate this to us. But then they also have to protect agendas, you know, through the United States. And it's just like, when are we gonna. It's already a difficult situation to understand. So when we. The minute it gets to us and like popular gen, general zeitgeist in the US, we already are getting this fucking shitty view. And I think it just builds up more. Um, Unfortunately, builds up more Zion, like xenophobia, I think, as well. Like it built, set up these, the, those narrow views because then it's like, oh, look at that. They're not. These people are always in uproar, and all this stuff over the religion. So now it just built It continues that mm-hmm. that narrative that some people believe in. Um, so I think it's just unfortunate that we have to do these media cycles at certain times. It's only been what three four months into this guy's presidency and we're doing like the, we're basically going back to that uh the wheel of fortune but like the wheel of misfortune when it comes to our politics like the same we're saying the it same thing. it's like the same about. thing about a long
0: ago when the, supposedly the Russians hacked like our pipelines I and mean, the East got hacked or something yeah nobody was saying anything about that. What's saying about that and all of a sudden you see all these memes coming up about people like trying to get gas and stuff Supposed to have been gas like, shortage too because of it. Gas shortage. Then all of a sudden it's like you see the memes popping up of people filling up gas and grocery bags and stuff. Or it's like it's like it was happening last year with the toilet paper shortage as well. It was just yeah. it's like I don't know who caused that panic, but it was like it like I said, I didn't know about it. And I was like what, the the pipelines getting hacked. I didn't know about it. I did not read up about it. that's supposed to be the pipelines going to the east got hacked or something. It's like
1: Colonial pipelines for oil reserves, essentially. They run a lot of the south. Um, what they run their stuff on? I mean, it is a big deal considering that they held it for so fucking long. Like they were, they were. Um, they definitely man. They made a freaking killing trying to. They they basically held them ransom too. So like it's it's an an interesting interesting attempt or definitely like a successful attempt at hacking our systems for oil. So it's like just to show you just where the playing fields that we're entering within this modern age, uh, the way people do war, the way like cyber warfare is a real thing. It's not going to just be a movie thing anymore. Like it's, it's, it's here to stay. And and I think uh, it's not going to, it's going to seem different. It's going to seem surreal in the beginning because some people wouldn't think that this is possible, but it's, it's, the technology's been here. It's just they're not gonna show it to us, but they show it to us in a different form. And that's movies, and I think that's where we're gonna be here. Yeah,
0: because that's what kind of movies. Yeah, like like it's because think about it. people get their ideas from films. It's it's the media plays kind of role when it comes to development of of culture and stuff as well. Like pop culture and syndrome it has a big impact on real world p- issues and stuff. It's because of that. It's because. They get inspired by watching films. And we have films about, like I said, Beagle, they have films about hackers and stuff. It's like, it gives people the more interest in getting into that type of field. And it's like, it's the same thing, like Edward Snowden, like, you know, he pretty much is the modern day Robin Hood, basically, because he was able to, became the biggest whistleblower ever by getting a lot of information from the NSA and willing to share it all to people. Right now, he's still currently in asylum in Russia right now because of it. Because if he steps on U.S. oil, he'll get, you know, put in prison. But it's funny because it's like, all of a sudden, then it's like, oh, we're going to start releasing, you know, documents about UFOs and stuff. They come back to that argument now. Now it's like, oh, we're going to release the documents now for Air 51 and all that stuff. Well, supposed to have actually to trust your life mm-hmm. was out there. I mean, I don't know. Because do you believe there's an extraterrestrial beings out there? Yeah, for sure.
1: No, yeah, that's for sure. That, that's a real thing. Um, that's something real. They had to wait, obviously, to, to clean up what they wanted to show us. Uh, but it's kind of about time that they are at least admitting on main news that there is UFOs. Um, they knew this by now, but they're only gonna they have to clean up. They have to filter all this stuff for us, guys. They're not gonna give us the whole spiel, no. but it's it's just it's interesting that they are at least somewhat holding up to what they were uh, air quotes promising earlier in the year um, to keep releasing more alien info or I guess you could say NASA findings. Um, but yeah, it was. I, I mean, it's I'm definitely a, a big proponent on, on thing as far as. We see it in extraterrestrial, but other things within this uh, universe and galaxy being aware and, and being sentient. So, for us getting UFOs, it's not it's not crazy to think that. I would mean, just it's like what else are they holding? That's what I want to know. What else have they holding on to? Because there's only a few videos that even I, I even saw Tom DeLonge. This is the stuff that he kind of was holding on to too that he submitted to the. To the CIA when they were questioning him, his shit. Mm-hmm. And so now he doesn't seem crazy anymore when he was talking about it a few years ago on Rogan's podcast. Because um, he's been doing a lot of stuff. He has his, like own academy that talks about like space and, and all that that he kind of like connected with people who work in who were part of uh, the CIA and stuff like that, and who worked for NASA's like black tape projects, you can say. So. There's people you know that we don't have uh, access to that know stuff like this that work on stuff like this. So it's it's part of the CIA, it's part of the Pentagon having their hands and all that stuff. So it's more or less like whether or not it's hard, It's it's more plausible for for you to but not believe or to believe that there is aliens and to believe that there isn't aliens. Like it's it's just crazy to not. To, being, to, to think that we aren't alone. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. So, yeah. We'll get that point right now. Just give me a few minutes. I mean, it's like to me, like you said, the eco-like aliens. I mean, I, I myself am a believer. There is a life out there. And, you know, like you said, they're slowly surely reports-wise. It's just, you know, it just depends on when they decide to make contact with us. Even though there just had been evidence of noise out there. When they send, like, satellites, and satellites record, like, audio and stuff, and they send it back to us, and they'll pick up noises out in space. Right now, we have, like, what, the recent, you know, rovers on Mars? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And there's been talks that possibly there was water on Mars and stuff. And they're still, I mean, they're still getting evidence that, because it's all about, you know, the future plans is possibly making Mars possibly being the next Earth. And in all the discoveries of other galaxies out there, like other planets, that there's another planet sky kind of the Earth, that's a possibility because it's the same life. That's like a million lights light years away. And, of course, speaking of aliens, you know, kind of is a point. We think about, you know, like now with EA releasing, um, EA and Bioware releasing the Mass Effect Legendary Edition, which now you can get it on Xbox Series X, Xbox One, PS4, and PS5. Um they just released it right now this past weekend. I haven't got it yet but Bomb Will. They remastered it in 4K. They kind of redid the first Mass Effect because when I got the first Mass Effect, I think it was only an Xbox exclusive. otherwise was only available on Xbox 360 and uh PC. But now you get to play the whole series now. But what's cool about it is now they redid the interface on the first game and now you can you can use the same interface for all three games and then a lot of DLC, the only thing that got omitted at this time is the multiplayer function from Mass Effect 3, where if you play like certain multiplayer missions, it kind of makes an effect of your galaxy readiness meter because in Mass Effect 3, it was all about getting the galaxy ready for an attack from the Reapers. And um, I see a lot of people on streaming right now doing it, of course. Um, I finished seeing the stream of um, Bruce Green, follow him on Twitch. He did the stream of Resident Evil Village and it was really good. <laughs> it's like, I'm not, and last night, you know, because you saw me, I was, like, watching the two-hour history of Resident Evil. Really good, like, the channel is called Gaming Bolt on YouTube. And they did, like, a two-hour two history of Resident Evil st- series. Starting with the gaming, they did the background to each game and the lore and up to just get you guys up to speed to Resident Evil Village, which definitely check it out. It's right now up. You can play it on PS4. PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and I mean you wanna play it or watch the Assumers plays it up well. But also just you guys play it too, so that way you can get your own experience. But seeing it the way the series is going on, because it's a long-running series and, and I can't wait for the next one. Um of course, you know, with me not being able to get it into next generation because of course PS5s are still, you know, being kind of slim right now with very few restocks. And I've been seeing more of Xbox Series X uh, restocks so far mm. lately. Um, but a lot of demands on PS5. It's funny how the PS4 and UK outsold the PS5 because of availability. And apparently now Nintendo Switch could be facing the same issue as well. with They could have a shortage. It's because people can realize it's the semiconductor shortage right now. Because, of course, with COVID being, you know, a major factor in it as well. Especially you know, parts are being imported from other countries. It's kind of hard finding components. It becomes a shortage, and that's why they big increase in demand. And even they Sony said that be prepared to be a shortage going to next year. So they said it might the the, the stock and wise pie won't be stabilized to possibly in 2023. By the way, it's because they have to wait until demand goes down. But the problem is that's what kind of sucks. I mean, if you study economics, it's all about supply and demand. When you have a high supply, it's not that much of a demand for it. Mm-hmm. But when you have a low supply to the point you don't have enough sustain, that demand increases based on, you know, the need of it, the desire of it, that the consumer needs and that to such. And apparently, you know, they said they're still trying to find ways to stop these rescalpers because they make the most money. of oh, This whole bandage was rescalpers, people that use bots to snag up stock. Just the whole purpose is just to resell it at a higher price and people become gullible and do it. And it's like, I've been, like, even I've been following a um, guy's name is Matt Swider. He works for Tech Radar Magazine. Um, his things are legit when it comes to, like, restocks. Even he says, beware scammers. Beware buy your console from P- uh, eBay. Because like I said, after, I don't know how many episodes ago I mentioned, guy in Utah bought a PS5 off of eBay. Got the box, but inside, instead of a system, it was a cinder block. Lucky eBay had buyer protection. He was able to get his money back. But it, it, God gets that confidence. Like, you can't really trust people. And it, like, gets to a point when eBay, because I guess eBay made the headlines right now. It says here, um, I just got this thing that eBay, this article is written today. Uh, articles written by Ronald Bishop from comicbook.com. And apparently the headline is eBay banning sale of adults-only video games. It says eBay will officially be implementing a ban on adult video game, adult, adults-only video games as part of the larger policy update prohibiting the listing of sexually explicit content like movies, magazines, anime, and more. Simply, it would appear that eBay will be entirely phasing out the adults-only category on this United States website on July 15th, with a number of categories contain one thing going away. Some of these can be relisted under other categories, but eBay is clear that if items are to be made available at eBay, you need to follow the new guidelines. And pretty much this is what the policy up update includes caveats for collectibles, arts, sex toys, accessories, clothing, jewelry, books, and music. There are apparently none for video games and a listing of items that are simply not allowed. eBay includes sexually explicit video games with a rating of adults only 18 plus. Broadly speaking essentially bans all sexually explicit pornographic video games while still lying titles like the modern mortal Kombat and grand theft Auto video games. Here's the full list of categories that are shared along along eBay taken from the policy page. So pretty much sexually explicit adult only DVDs and movies, sexually explicit adult only magazines, Adult only video games. Adult only domain names. Adult other adult only. Especially exclusive adult only collectibles on Blu-ray, DVD, film blazeders, VHS, or adult movie formats, as well. And this is what eBay says. We want to make all dollars available to those who wish to purchase them and can do so legally, while preventing those who do not wish to view or purchase items from easily accessing them. eBay's policy explains that in the answer to why the ally has this policy, whether it is actually effective, this remains to be seen. But eBay seems serious about keeping these listings off the website as well states that disciplinary actions for not following any policy includes a number of possible actions like administratively ending or canceling listings, highly demoting all listings from search results, lowering seller rating, buying or selling restrictions, and account suspension. There's nothing about these business or accounts that had taken action against them will be refunded or credited. So, guys, sorry. Like I said, we're moving, like, everything's evolving. And I understand why they had to do that. It's because, like I said, it's all about evolution, people evolving, perceptions being changed.
1: Yeah.
0: So, yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. what else I wanted to talk about? I don't know, it's just... Yeah, it's been like more of a boring news today. It's been like a news heavy centric podcast. Um, I know Castlevania has been out this past weekend, guys. I have not seen it. <laughs> the like the, the last season of Castlevania has been out on Netflix. We guys got, still gotta catch up. I think I'm on season two of Castlevania. I think it's only like five or six episodes each season. So a lot of people kept talking about. it. I guess there's gonna be a spinoff of it as well. Um, I definitely need to check that out because I know I, other podcasters start talking about it as well. I need to jump on that. But I've been like. You know, I've been checking out, I've been catching up on my anime list, animes I have my list to watch, and trying to finish ones that are on my list that I'm trying just to finish through the West. So I know Crunchyroll did announce that um, on the 28th of May, um, there the licenses on these following shows are going to be no longer available on the service. Um, I have the list here, guys, so if any of these interested in you, I'm going to read up the list. This is from Anime News Network. Um, the list of files. It says here: Crunch will on Friday that the following anime will leave the service on May 28th. Um, the list is Classroom Crisis, Daybreak Illusion, Duarara, Dora Show, Dora Times 210, Dora Times 2 kitsu High School Fleet, I Always Liked You, Occult Academy, ROD to TV, Super Spoon, Samurai Flamenco, The Moment You Fall in Love, Vivid Red Operation, Road Conquest, Advizia Plot, Wagneria also known as Working. Like Naya 2 Why now three um, yeah that's the list of what's supposed to be ending I think what it is is I think Crunchyroll was letting the licensing ends because some of those animes are owned by Aniplex, which of course are owned by Sony and that's why I seen I'm seeing a lot of like those properties being available on Funimation my um, right not on Funimation at this time of this article it was written that it's streaming Dura the Times 2 classroom crisis Summer flameenco high school fleet Silver spoon. Richard Operation. The World Congress and Video Plot Anime. So. If you want to see those other animes. Before the 28th. I highly recommend checking them out. On Crunchyroll. As well. I'll probably go back. And re-watch Magnaria. Because that was a cool one. Um, That's the one about. uh, Magnaria. Which is like. Working. Which is Japanese for working. It's basically about. People working at a restaurant basically. It's really interesting. It's kind of funny. It's like different people with different personalities working in a restaurant. I enjoyed all three seasons of it. I watched it like a long time ago, but now it's like kind of piques my interest to go back and rewatch it again, And it's on my anime list. So definitely, guys, definitely, you know, check those animes out before they get disappeared in the 28th. Like I said, I think Crunchyroll's Rolls letting the licenses expire. because so I think when licensing, they only get like 10 years. And if they don't renew it, they just let it go. There's a lot of those anime, because like I said, Funimation, buying Crunchyroll, I think that's what like Crunchyroll is doing slowly by letting the License licenses expire. That way Crunchyroll, like, finally, you can just pick them up right away. Or Netflix picks them up as well. So I know Netflix has some of these animes on there as well. Um, definitely check out Castlevania as well. But I do want to give you guys my recommendation for anime this week. Um, this is from my anime list. So, And I give this show, like, an 8 out of 10. Um, the, I just finished it today. I finished the OVAs as well. But definitely check out the anime and the OVAs. Um, it's called Real Life. Um, basically, it's Real Life. Um, basically, it's done by um, Studio TMS Entertainment. Licensors are co Animation and Crunchyroll. Um, it's it aired from July 2nd, 2016 to j- September 24th, 2016. It's 13 episodes with four episodes of OVA, so that's a total of about 17 episodes. Um, right now, it's currently at 8.02 8. on my anime list. Um, basically, the whole synopsis is it is um, to describe the genre. Let me see here. Right the genre it's pretty much a slice of life romance and set in a school setting. Um, basically, the whole synopsis of real life is that dismisses a hopeless loser by those random 27 year old Arata Kazaki bounces around from one job to another after quitting his first company. His unremarkable assistant takes a sharp turn he meets Ryo Yoke, a member of the Real Life Research Institute, who offers Arata. The opportunity to change his life for the better with the help of a mysterious pill. Taking it without a second thought, Arata awakens the next day to find that his parents has reverted to that of a 17-year-old. Arata soon learns that he is now the subject of a unique experiment and must attend high school as a transfer student for one year. Though initially it will be a cinch due to his superior life experience, Arata has proven horribly wrong on his first day. He flunks all his tests, he is completely out of shape, and can't keep up with the new school policies that have cropped up in the last 10 years. Furthermore, Rio has been assigned to observe him, bringing Adita endless annoyance. Real life follows Adita's struggles to adjust to his hectic new lifestyle and avoid repeating his past mistakes, all while slowly discovering more about his fellow classmates. It's not bad. It's kind of like a, it's like a social experiment. You know, if you had a second chance to take, go to high school again, will you make the same choices mm-hmm. they did the first time? And based on your influence to everybody else around you, how you influence the people around you, how you motivate them. So, it's real interesting, guys. Definitely check it out. It's based on a webcomic. Um, like I said, it's ranked number 515 on Miami list. So definitely check it out. It's currently on Crunchyroll. It used to be on Funimation, but right now it's on Crunchyroll. You can get the series both in sub and dub on Roll. plus the OVAs are available on sub and dub as well. Definitely check it out. Real Life. That's my recommendation for this week. All right, Biko, anything to add?
1: Um, I had a... Uh... I had a Wall Street, uh, the Wall Street Bets article popped up in a, in a bit, but I don't know what happened to it. Um, but it's it's basically reporting the AMC and GameStop stocks, and they Let's just say they're not doing so hot, fellas. Oh, no, yeah. not GameStones. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me see. I'm pretty sure it was under Wall Street Bets subreddit, but, um, they, they reported a, um, Why is it? I, mean, I guess I can just google it. Uh, we see GameStop Stock. Yeah, so um Oh, okay. So Yahoo fi- um, Finance is where I'm getting the article from, but Bloomberg had a report on it too. It's saying on the headline that um GameStop and AMC short sellers um, sit on nearly 1.1 billion dollar loss. So Reuters, which is in London, the the London uh, publishing house, investors are estimated to have lost 930 million dollars on their short positions in the meme stocks. GameStop and AMC Entertainment over the last five trading days. Uh, Data from financial analytics firm Ortex showed on Tuesday um, shares in GameStop, which is at the heart of the so called Stonks, retail trading <laughs> mania earlier this year, have risen by a third in the last one week, while shares in Cinema Operator AMC up 39%. Ortex said that the short interest in AMC is currently estimated to be 18.3% of free floating free float, and then the GameStop stock is estimated at 28.8% of free float. Yesterday alone, short sellers lost over $200 million each in both of those stocks, Ortex data shows. GameStop closed 13% higher at 1806 at, at the share price, the highest level since April 30th. Um, so that's just the current stock price right now to own a share. Uh, and GameStop is $180.67. And to own uh, the current price of shares in AMC is at $14.03. So they're both showing a positive change. Yeah, because like, I think now because slowly people are, like, st- the theaters are starting to open up because,
0: like I said, with the vaccine kind of, you know, you're starting to see theaters starting to open up slowly and slowly. I know with Disney announcing um, some movies become available on theaters and Disney Plus as well. And, of course, you know, say they and Warner Media, they announced movies to be in theaters and, and you know... And they Max as well. But then, like I said, with more people gain the vaccine, you see more of increased people going out more. And then with GameStop right now, yeah, it's a little positive because the only thing that's saving GameStop right now is having those restocks. That's what the only thing that's saving them is those restocks. But what, like going to GameStop when those restocks happen on those PS4s, PS5s, and Xbox Ones, they do it by pushing bundles. That's what kind of was saving them right now. It's just having that demand. And of course, right now, like I said, we announced like episodes behind before that. They're going through a traditional period because they're getting new staffing. Again, somebody's coming to take over. Like They're getting, you know, personnel changes as well. And Like, well, they're just trying to find their identity and try to stay in the, the gaming retail market. Because, like I said, that's the only thing that's keeping them surviving right now is the whole high demand of, you know, the PS5 and Xbox Series X. That's what it is, Is demand. Like I said, in AMC's standpoint, because... What had them like what get them into little advantage is because a lot of the smaller chain movie theaters have are slowly starting to open, but AMC decided to open it as a whole back versus like you know, um, Cinemark, they're starting to open up as well. By a little bit of time, it's up to you know, chains, but I've seen more and more like AMC. What kind of helped with AMC was the whole having movies that you cannot get online.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Especially they brought it back to my point. It to Demon Slayer being one of them. Because I think Demon Slayer was only available at AMC theaters. I remember in the past when I went to go see My Hero, Academia, Two Heroes, and we wanted to see Heroes Rising. And um, Dragon Ball uh, Resurrection of Frieza. Um, they were all at AMC. We're the only ones having it. And not be able to watch it online, you had to go to the theater to see it if you're a big fan. I think that's where they got that increase of that as well but that's what kind of helped AMC was having these limited releases, but due to the fact it was not available online. And had people go, go in the theaters and see it. So, it's, I mean, yeah, it's not as much... It's not as much of an impact they had earlier this year, but at least they're starting to... I mean, GameStop and AMC-wise, when it comes to trading, they're starting to stay alive. Mm-hmm. Because of that, it's because, like... I said more and more people are going out more because now they're getting vaccinated. They're going out more. They're trying to get their confidence to go out again. That's what it is. It's only getting out that confidence and like be able to go outside again. That's what's going on. Like I said, just having limited releases of certain films, and of course, GameStop standpoint demand for high sought systems. So, is that like the only thing you had to
1: add today? Yeah, I mean, didn't have too much in the news. It was mainly what we shared earlier about the Gaza stuff. and um, the, the, the actor from Beethoven was news to me. But uh, no, that's about it. Everything else is just sports stuff. Just the end of the NBA season. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, well, I do want to bring up the Lego aspect, the toy-wise. We don't talk about toys sure. too much. Um, let me pull it up because IGN had it. Um, I guess uh, Lego is releasing... A collision of Marvel, one of the biggest sets has ever done. So I can pull it up here. I might have to look it on Google too.
1: Lego Daily Bugle. There you go, Daily Bugle.
0: Oh, here you go. It's on the Lego website. Okay, cool. So they're calling this the, the biggest Lego set they build when it comes to Marvel properties. Um, right now, I'm on the Lego website. And it's a Daily Bugle, actually, people. Um, right now, it's retailing at. So basically it's the giant version of the Daily Bugle building. Um, right now it's set to retail at $299.99. And it's about let me see. It's about you get 25 minifigures. Um, it's about 3,772 pieces. It's it's at, it's towards the 18 plus demographic. Um, the height about is a thirty three inches. The width is about eleven inches. The depth is about eleven inches. The dimensions for it, and basically, you can you're gonna have twenty five minifigures, which you include you know Spider-Man, Daredevil, Blade, Doc Octopus, Venom, Carnage, Black Cat, Spider Gwen, Miles Morales is in there. The um, Sandman's in it as well. So you get the, and then you get Green Goblin. So it's one of the, they call it one of the biggest, you know, sets ever. And it looks really cool. It's like, and the book itself is really great. I mean, it looks really well done. They give you a base to start with. And what's cool about is you can take apart, you can take apart, apart the front of it. And had also got Jones, Jameson, Betty Brant, Joe Robinson in there as well. Robbie Robinson uh, as well. Um, and they showed a video of it when they're building it. And you get the Aspire Hams in there as well. But going on, it's from the LEGO website. So it's kind of cool. Um, and it's like a fully built building. You've got many adventures on there with Spider-Man and stuff. Firestars in there as well. So like I said, you get 25 minifigures. So it's like the lot for it comes to a LEGO set like this. And then going on their page as well, they got... Um, so it says, 1525 characters, including 5 all new minifigures, not in any other set. So you get the exclusives. It's like getting pictures of Spider Man. we so you classing from the lobby to the penthouse office of publisher J. Jordan Anderson. You get a Peter Parker minifigure as well. Um, I say you get the Spider Verse characters as well. You get the Sinister Six basically. So you get um, Doc Ock, Mysterio, Green Goblin, Sandman, all that stuff in there as well. And I say you get, you know, other characters as well. And you get Venom, and you get innocent bystanders as well. <laughs> it's all included in this thing. Um, and then, of course, I go on the website and they have the Infinity Gauntlet too. So you can get the Infinity Gauntlet going for $60, bo- $60 $70. The, the Iron Man helmet, Carnage, or Venom statue. So I just saw that out there. Like I said, a little brighter note. But yeah, if you're into Legos, definitely I recommend this set. Um, Like I said, it's supposed to come out in t- June 1st, looks like. It's supposed to be out, but I guess if you're a VIP member with LEGO, you can get access on the 26th of May.
1: Oh, wow. how do you become a LEGO VIP? Member?
0: I don't know. I'm on the LEGO site, man.
1: I don't. Is there like
0: it's? You it can probably sign up. Let me just look it up here. It's interesting. You can join. Oh, okay. You just um, it's free basically. It's free to sign up to be a Lego VIP. Ego. Yeah, it says here you earn points for shopping Lego brand, retail stores, and at Lego.com. Lego members only discounts and experiences. Get early access to success sets. Enjoy member only gifts and more. Receive monthly permissions and promotions and specials for VIP. So, sweet. It's not bad. So, definitely, guys, you. And it says here, free shipping with orders over $35. Huh. So, if you want to buy Legos online, go ahead. Buy Legos online. And it kind of reminds me because I did. Um, if you guys listen to U Day, Feel the Power podcast like I do, they had the. Greatest toy ever tournament, and Lego was like one of the finalists in that tournament. and I think the one that won everything was Teenage Mutant Turtles, <laughs> was one that wanted It's because I mean, come on, growing up watching the turtles and the toys, man, come on. That's funny, I definitely took it up. It was, uh, I think it was like the first time they do these tournaments where they had the greatest TV tournament, greatest, like you know, um, I think they had Super uh, no, act movie, action movie uh, tournament. And this was the longest one. They had, like, four episodes dedicated to the toys. Well, it was interesting to see what their opinions were and stuff. So, yeah, definitely check out that Lego set, guys. Like, that's really cool. So, right. Anything else to add, Biko?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: No, i off. Okay, guys. Um, I will say that would be do it to wrap it up for this week. Um, thanks so much for joining us. Um, You can follow the podcast on Twitter at PopTalking. Um, you can find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash TalkingPop. Um, and you can follow me on socials at thefanchise85. Um, I am on Twitch. You can follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash 685 I am the Casual Gamer, and currently I'm playing pretty much JRPG and role-playing games in general. I do, like, occasional playthrough of them. I do a playthrough of them, and like I said, right now I just started... Um, I'm still continuing Legend of Heroes, Trinity Coast Steel 4... By today, this morning, even though I had technical issues, but the, the streaming episode is up, um, I started um, Atelier Everdark The Ever Darkness and the Secret Hideout, which is um, based on the Atelier series by by Koei Tecmo and by Studio Gust. Um, it's part of the Atelier series where pretty much it's all about exploration, getting ingredients, synthesizing, creating items, and exploring which is kind of cool, and you're an alchemist, and you build things. And it's about this girl named Riza, who pretty much has dreams of, you know, so there's an island with her family and stuff, and of the community, and she has dreams of going on adventures and stuff. And she's joined by her friends Lent and, T- and Tao. And they find this girl named Claudia as well, and, they get, and she pretty much learns alchemy. And pretty much it's all about ingredient gathering, putting stuff together to progress your adventures. And you take your time. Like what I like about it is, like I said, I did like the first four hours of it this morning. And pretty much, you know, they don't give you a time limit. They just talk what you need to do. And you just take your time exploring and stuff. And ingredients. gathering your which That's what makes it cool. There's like no set time limit. So definitely check out my stream on that. You also check my backlog streams of different games on my channel at twitch.tv slash charge 685 We do have a merch store. You want to buy, like, T-shirts and merch. Uh, we do have merch. Um, it's on spring.com slash store slash talking Bob. We got hoodies, especially when it's cold. We got tank tops for the summer. We got mugs. We got decals. We got new shirts to come out with the new podcast logo. We got the classic logo as well. We got a Bico shirt and franchise shirt, first-generation ones. And they come up with new designs for new shirts. And I will put those up soon. And we do have face masks because we're still in a pandemic as well. You check us out on there. Support the podcast. You can make sure to check out this podcast as well. Make sure... Follow us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Make sure you give us a good rating on Apple. We're on iHeartRadio, Pandora, and also on Audible and other podcast platforms. Well, to our listeners out in the U.S. and also our international listeners for listening and supporting us. It means a lot to you guys every time I check those analytics that you guys are listening. Thank you so much. Um, like I said, if you have any topics or any questions for us in general, like I said, follow us on Twitter and tweet us. And if you have any suggestions for any future episodes, if you're interested of in us doing any movie commentaries, let us know on socials. Pico, do you have any socials you want to share?
1: Uh, just uh, Instagram. I'm at a uh, wander the void at instagram.com. Uh, check it out. Just art, stuff like that. Pictures of me. Um, Going to put some music stuff later on soon. Just have to brush up my page. Uh, but yeah, check that out if you guys want to get in touch with me.
0: Okay, guys, enjoy the rest of your week. We'll see you guys again next week. As always, geek on and take care.